This is the Let's Get Real Estate Show with your host, Danielle Chason. Full-time investor, strategic consultant, motivational coach, sought-after speaker, and host of your number one real estate investing show, Let's Get Real Estate, where real people are doing real estate. Okay, welcome everyone. Welcome back to the Let's Get Real Estate podcast. This is where real people do real estate. I'm Cody A. Today, I'm sharing all about real estate investing, stock option trading, and how I transitioned from having a full-time job to being a real estate uh, investor and a stock option coach. I believe this will help you a lot. So don't forget to like this uh, podcast, give it a share, give us some comments so we know how good we're doing so more people like yourself can benefit from this podcast. Hey, everybody. It's Danielle Chason here with the Let's Get Real Estate podcast. Welcome back. This is where I bring to you real people doing real estate or trading. Or stock options. <laughs> stock options. So um, today we have a very special guest. I am I am so excited to welcome Cody Yeh to the show. Woo, woo, Cody. <laughs> welcome to the show. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me, Danielle. So um, we're going to take a little bit of a, a, a turn. I do talk a lot about business and I talk a lot about real estate with my guests, but Cody brings a new flavor to the show and I wanted to introduce him to you guys, my audience, because a lot there's a big buzz out there right now with trading, day trading, options, and that's what Cody does. He focuses on options and and how to make a business of it. And so there's a lot of like... It's very divisive, 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 is that a word? Div- I don't div- know what divisive, divisive, <laughs> divisive. There's my French kicking in, divisive. Okay, so it's divisive where people are really for it and they know it works and they believe in it. And then there's other people who are very judgy. So I want to talk a little bit about that later. But before we get into that, I would love for you to introduce yourself to the audience and tell them a little bit about Cody, kind of your back history um you know where you came from and how you got to where you are today yeah just a milestone but not there yet yeah so hello everyone uh my name is cody a um like danelle said i came to canada when i was 18 from taiwan um when i first came here i went to vancouver because my auntie's there so it took me about one year and a half to catch up english first of all because english is my second language um, and catch up all the curriculum from grade 10 to grade 12. And I still remember in math 12 class, I don't understand a question. I, I asked for help from the teacher. The teacher throw me an English dictionary on the table. Say, go here, it's part of the exam. And I was struggling a lot. And I was going through biology 12. I, I know everything in Mandarin, but I, I don't know this terminology. So I was like, struggling. Oh, my God. I just got to interrupt you there for a minute. Holy smokes. Like, that is... <laughs> So for those of you who are listening to the podcast, my jaw legit like dropped on the floor. You can go to the YouTube video and see like I just my wow, wow. Yeah. So the I mean the struggle is real when it comes to racism and and that I, I just find that very racism? rude. Well, I think it's rude. Was that rude? Well, I, I think it's I don't know. I think it's rude because it like okay. instead of I I think it is. I don't know. I don't want to really don't want to even talk politics. At that that time, I treat it as a motivation because because teacher want me to learn English even faster. So I'm like, okay, challenge accepted. I totally took that differently. Really, isn't that interesting? And this is why it's great to have conversations like this because you get to see different perspectives. For me, 
I don't know. I like educating and helping people. I would never think for a minute to give you a dictionary. I would say, hey, Cody, English to English me, dictionary. I would, yeah, but I would take you aside. And I would say, hey, let me help you with this. Maybe I can suggest this or do, but like to just throw a dictionary, yeah. I don't find that helpful. I find that rude. That's just me though. Okay. Yeah. So, wow. I, so that's why my jaw dropped because I yeah. kind of felt that that was, I love that you didn't take it the way I did though, because it's much better. <laughs> Okay, sorry, I digress off of that. I don't know if we should put that in the show. What do you guys think? Um, but yeah, I think, um, okay, so then you, you, he was asking you a math question. So then he gave you the dictionary. I'm so sorry for, I didn't hear anything beyond that. Yeah, and then, you know, I survived. That was the first year I, in my life that I ever studied this hard because mm -hmm. I was catching up English, but the whole math part was not hard, right? We have harder trainings where I grew up. So, you know, so I, I use it to my advantage and say, okay, English is my second language. I don't like writing reports. So I'm like, okay, I got to go into engineering. And that's where what I, at that time I was been trained to, okay, which job can make you the most money and the most stable, right? So it was engineering. You don't have to go to master. You don't have to go to PhD. You can go straight out of school. You can become a professional engineer. You can make a good money, good living, right? So that's why I took engineering. And I was going through the engineering school. I, I love the engineering part. It's very competitive, but I, I know I'm not a good engineer. I, I, I like the finance part more because you know, since I was a kid, it was you know, really the family was struggling with the finance and the financial literacy. And that's where I found that I, I think it could truly impact my life, but not the needy and greedy of the technical stuff. Yes, it's great. There's a lot of ego. So anyway, so I, after graduation, I went into work at Honda, a car company. I used to be the, the kid that wants to become a Formula One driver. We didn't have that environment. And I believe in that. I didn't push for it, right? Now, you know, now that I know what I know. I probably do different things. But at that time, I believe in it. So engineer was the second closest to what I can do to become a race car driver. So I was sticking to that uh, at Honda for six years of working a lot of overtime because at that time, I'm like, how do I save more, more money for my first down payment? I thought that's the way to move up the corporate ladder, right? So I was pull, pulling a 400 to 800 hour of overtime every year. Wow. It's, it's quite wow. stupid, right? Um, and yeah, and then the, from there, I was actually uh, 2015, uh, that's when I got introduced to my day trading coach and she's in Taiwan. I. The reason why I could do it is because that was my second job. So I go home, freshen up. I spent five to six hours doing that in the Asian market because there's a 12-hour difference, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And then when I'm not doing that, I'm attending all these real estate seminars to learn because no one in my family know anything about real estate. Mm -hmm. So I was you know, driving one hour from Alliston down to Toronto or to Durham or to Hamilton, whatever that is, right. whatever it takes. I'm listening to podcasts along the way, right? So I really thank for giving them back now, trying to get on more podcasts because I know how it can help people. Right. Right. So anyway, that, and I realized from that, that the day trading was, it was, you know, not great in the beginning, but I learned the ropes, making money, very great money, first year, second year, but it's, it's still a second job and it's very stressful. So I know this is not sustainable for life. So I was playing a, uh, other options, stock option strategy during daytime. And I found out that there's a better ROI here. I can spend less time and have a healthier lifestyle because I only spent less than 30 minutes per day, right? So that was my aha moment. And then, and then uh, before COVID hit 2019, right, 
in 20, late 2019, that's kind of like, I'm like, okay, I'm replacing my six figure income with my stock option passive income. So I'm like, I should be doing something bigger. And I know we chat about this. And before I quit, I was a mid management, right? Being a mid management, probably a lot of people can relate is now you have, you get paid maybe 10% more, but responsibility is five times more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now you're like a, you know, I wouldn't call it a babysitter, but you are really need to produce and whatever reason it's your responsibility. They don't mm-hmm. care. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was the nice guy. I always want to take care of people. And I realized it's a conflict. I can't pay them more, but I need them to work more. And in order to look good, to get promoted, I need to drive more out of them. And I know it was like ethically wrong and I couldn't do it. So I was struggling inside and I probably reflect on it. And I was just wasn't really happy. So I'm like, the moment I replace the income, I'm like consistently doing over a month. I'm like, yeah, forget about this. And then that's when I take a step back for a couple of months, think about, okay, so what now? Mm-hmm. Now that I have the time and everything, right? So that's when I start building a YouTube channel. That's when I start taking personal coaching clients. And then until I get a little bit overwhelmed, I'm like, I'm repeating myself. This is can't scale. That's when I start learning the business side a little bit. Okay, I'll come up with a course. I come up with alumni group so people can bounce ideas, kind of like the mastermind we're at right now, mm-hmm. the percentage mastermind. And that's whole thing just took off. And I invest in real estate as well, just in case you don't know. You know I have four <laughs> properties and really saved my way through it and um yeah and i haven't bought another one since 2019 there's a lot of equity a lot of cash in my trading account i'm just stabilizing this focusing on it and going back into buying more and you know what i mean touched on a couple of things i just want to circle back to uh what you talked about like you said you know i was doing four to six hundred extra hours a year so that i could save money to buy house right so it's like and even if i go back a little bit Earlier in our conversation, what you had said was, you know, when I was out of high school, I wanted to, you know, pick something that was really good money and for the least amount of schooling yeah. made sense to you, right? Yeah. And so that is the story. I mean, that was a story for me 25 years ago. Yeah. It's like, what can I do that pays really well, that mm-hmm. has job openings, yeah. and that I can build a career in? Nobody, like, they don't teach you in school to find, they say, well, find something you love. And everybody goes, well, what I love doesn't make me money. So it doesn't make sense. So they quash that idea and then they kind of lead you into believing there's a culture that is, I don't know where it comes from. Is it from the parents or the teachers, but find a job that's unionized or find a job that's going to bring in a good income um, and then go with that. But then how many people are listening to this podcast and yourself that don't like their jobs? They're not fulfilled. And then, so you work your, behind off because I mean, <laughs> it's a family-friendly <laughs> podcast you work your behind off yeah. and then you make it to mid-management and then you're like i'm too nice to be here yeah right and you're yeah. right listen i laughed when you said the babysitting joke because i've always said so i i also manage people and i i've always said managing is just a glorified word for babysitting like, oh I'm you like, said that? oh i always say that <laughs> yes like you, you know management is just another word for babysitting yeah. and so um and it's only because, listen, everybody needs to be held accountable. My partners hold me accountable all the time. Everybody needs that. Um, but I think the culture and the corporate world, it is more kind of like micromanaging. It's a little bit babysitting, right? Yeah. And so that doesn't make you feel fulfilled because you're babysitting yeah. adults. 
yes. that should know what they need to do. Yeah. But then you have people in that upper echelon that is trying to push you to get more productivity. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and so you end up unhappy. Guess who else is unhappy? The people you're pushing. Oh, for sure. I oh, they, They're probably thinking I'm the nicest boss, but they probably know couldn't last long because mm-hmm. I'm not the right type. And he didn't, guys, because he's not there anymore. So, uh, so yeah. So, anyhow, so now you're trading. Now you've got coaching clients. You're teaching people how to trade and do options, and they're all doing really well. And, you know, you're talking about real estate, and you said, you know, I've got some money in real estate, too. I bought some real estate. And mm-hmm. everybody knows as an investor, it makes mm-hmm. sense to diversify mm-hmm. and create multiple sources of income, which is what you're working on, yeah. right? So I'm really interested. You're 31 years old. 31, yeah. 31. So very colorful career leading up to here. Work 15 minutes a day. I'm a little bit blown away by that. Yeah. I'm just not going to lie. Yeah. Like 30 minutes. And by the way, you could do that anywhere. What the heck are you doing in Canada right now? <laughs> oh, yeah. That, well, it's because my girlfriend, Claudette, is actually working at RBC. And uh, we just rent the place that's really close to it. And... But I'm, meanwhile, I'm in Montreal here. The reason why she's not here is because she couldn't keep up with the vacation time. Mm-hmm. She's like, Cody, I want to be there, but I don't right. have enough vacation. We're going to right. Tremblant Christmas. Anyway, right. side, side note. And again, that's also another downside. I mean, we're creating, you and I, our colleagues, we are at the Synergy Mastermind this weekend here yeah. in Montreal um, that Cody and myself are both members of. So if you want to look that up, um, it's synergymastermind.com, I think. Um, yeah. So anyhow, so all of, you know, all of that, we surround ourselves with like-minded people to create our life by design. That's what you're doing. Yes. Right. And so if you have a J O B, it's not a life by design, it's life by somebody else's terms. And I think that's really, um, the differentiator, uh, ultimately, but this is why we do this. So I'm really curious because as you you have this colorful career, there I'm sure there's been challenges along the way. And I know that there's some people on podcast that are listening and they're saying, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's me. I want to do what Cody's doing. So what were the biggest challenges for you as you were transitioning and, and moving? Like, I'm sure you had a lot of people judge you and say, Options don't work. You're gambling. You're going to get burnt. You're going to lose all your money. Like So first of all, I know you have systems. So a lot of yes. people, I don't recommend anybody going into any options until you've had, had some training and understand it, number one. Sure. Number two is um, you have systems and you did a lot of studying. I mean, you are committed when you are committed. Oh, yeah. When I'm committed, we're committed. Yeah. Right? So, um, so it, but even then, I'm sure there's challenges. So can you maybe share with us a couple of challenges that you've had and how did you overcome them? Like transition from full-time job to what we're doing now. What was the biggest obstacle just in your journey? The the, the journey, the biggest obstacle was I just don't know what I don't know. Mm-hmm. When I was working full-time, my only focus was how can I move up faster to get paid 10 grand more? Right. How do I put in more overtime? How do I still maybe have a little bit of fun in the 20s? Right, That was the biggest struggle. And I have to learn a lot of things that they don't teach us in school, right? Really, school was great. The only thing I got in school is they taught me a way to be very efficient, very productive, mm-hmm. learn how to learn really fast and never give up. Mm-hmm. That's it. All the money I paid, 120 k for four years, I paid into tuition. That's all I got. But that trained me really well. So I have to give credit to that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the biggest, again, the biggest challenge was not knowing it. But now that a lot of people know it, 
I'm putting out a lot of stuff on social media sharing my journey. What are you going to do about it? Right? Do you have that urgency? Or are you just kind of in that space where I'm not uncomfortable enough mm. to do something, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes people need a push. It might be a life event or something. Or in my case was, yeah, I, I have a feeling that if I don't do something, either it's, it's up or out, right? So I'm like, okay, you know what? <laughs> I'll be out first, right? Mm-hmm. And and then, you know, not everyone could stand that kind of um, that kind of big jump. So like for me, for me, I didn't go from there. A lot of time I work a lot of second job. I went to do day trading, going to real estate seminars, right? That's, I, I think that's a very good first baby stuff. If you can't even do that or do something you say you want to do if you quit your job, mm-hmm on the weekday night or the weekend, you don't really deserve to quit your job because you are just imagining, if I quit my job, I will do that. No, right. you should be the other way around. Do it first, we'll always find out the time. If you really do it, now if you quit your job, you're just gonna be 10 times faster, right? So I think the mental shift of things, like being an entrepreneur, you gotta figure a way out. That's a, it's not just you're gonna get paid, it's all about results now. Mm-hmm. How much results, you're measuring results. It's not time anymore, right? When I was working, is every hour you get paid twenty nine bucks. But if you're an entrepreneur, you can get paid one month a lot of money, or one month or a couple months without anything. Can you stand that, mm-hmm. right? Do you understand the true value of results instead of process for no reason, just because of process, mm-hmm. right? And that was the biggest shift from working in, you know, like a Japanese company, working at corporate, following being a sheep. That was the biggest part. It's like, Cody, now you're on your own. What is the most efficient way? Because that's what I was struggling at work is, guys, there's a more efficient one. No, no, Cody, we need to get get this one in the room, get this person in the room, then we're going to go move up to management. I'm like, why don't you just get them all in at once? Mm-hmm. Can we find a faster way? Seriously, I'm repeating myself 10 times. And they're like, oh, yeah, oh, you're going to step on their toes, so we're not doing that. Okay. Are we moving forward? Are we thinking about field? But a lot of times it's a lot of feeling, a lot of ego. And I don't blame them because that's the game that you need to kind of play, right? But as an entrepreneur, it's totally different. Result-based. If you have no results, there's no money coming in, you're going down. Mm-hmm. You can't pay for your staff, right? So you better figure out a way. Ethically, making sure all your clients are happy so they will share it and you know make more money. Now you have the power to decide how are you going to make this better and help more people and even the charity side of things, right? Mm-hmm. But if you don't, like when I was working full-time, I don't even think about a charity thing. I'm, just, I'm barely saving enough, right? But now I have enough. It's a whole different mindset. So I know I didn't directly answer the question, but those are kind of the key things mm-hmm. that are really the key shifting things, right? I'm pretty sure you can relate. You know, I, everybody that listens, everybody listens to the podcast, like I talk about mindset so much. I know you hear about mindset on other podcasts. You're hearing it here. You're hearing it on YouTube. You're hearing it, you know, everywhere. And, but it, it really is that important. Like it is the first step. So I do appreciate you bringing that. Absolutely. Can I relate to that? 100% because I had to change me before I could see any change in my life, any positive change, 100%. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I think, you know, there, there's, there's that challenge, but I think there's also, you know, change the mindset. You also have to overcome fear because when you're going into entrepreneurship or trading stocks, oh, yeah. you're taking money Green and, fear and you're, is all, the, all you're, over. Oh my God. It's so emotional, right? It's very emotional. I think one of the biggest things is practicing 
removing the emotion so that you can make a logical decision based on the facts that are presented in front of you. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that because that we haven't talked about on the show very much where, um, yeah, you get your mindset straight, but then when you start making decisions, you really need to just look at what's in front of you and contain that emotion. And that's something you've done very well. So a little bit too well. <laughs> we had the offline conversation. <laughs> we did. A we little did. bit too well. <laughs> but you're so good at it. <laughs> I'm so good at it. That's why when it comes, it comes. Right? Yeah. So, you know, maybe you can talk about how you can compartmentalize. I mean, I'm a woman. I'm emotional. So I don't know that I do it very well, yeah. um, but, I, but I'm aware of it. And like the first key to change or, or anything is awareness, right? Sure. So how would you say or, you know, how, I don't know, do you have a technique that you can share with the I audience? I can share the whole experience I have for day training. That's where I really nailed down the whole system, right? It's not just day training. It's even I'm using it today. It's, you know, what, when I was day trading, you know, I hired a coach. At first, I don't believe her until I saw how much money she was managing and what kind of move she was making on a daily basis. It scares the hell out of me. You're not so going to tell me how much? 50, 50 million. That was, That's that with was, an M. That was, yeah, with them. That, that was the account. 24-year-old. Like five zero or five zero? Five zero. Five zero. Five zero. Fifty million, guys. Anyway, but we do have a system. And we only use 10% of our um, our our. our trading account at any time and when you only use 10% of that the idea is a lot of people don't know this is if you lose 10% of your money you only need to make 11% back mm -hmm. but if you lose 50% you need to make 100% back mm -hmm. it's a simple math but most people don't understand it mm -hmm. because they think their account size is a lot smaller they can afford to lose it that's why people keep losing money mm -hmm. they don't have a system now we have a system it's the emotional side like I said, first four months, I was losing money. Why? Because my coach taught me exactly what to do. I couldn't bear clicking that mouse or swipe right. I'm like, this is so against what I used to. Right. Like you, you buy when the stock drops. You should sell when the stock goes up. But it's so against human nature. When the stock goes down, you should be panicked. But no, it's like you should buy. Mm -hmm. Okay, when the stock goes up, you should be selling, you know, like right. in compartment. But... Most people say, I want to chase it. It's going to go to the moon. So con contrarian thinking. And that's the hardest part. So and we're November of 2021 20, right now yeah. recording. Yeah. I've got money in the stock market right now. Are you telling me I should sell everything? Because it's a little high. I mean, I think we're at record highs right now in the market. You know what's the funny thing, though? It's record high for so many years. I know. It's just know. like real estate. Mm, no know. one knows when it's going to have a big crash, mm -hmm. but that's why we only focus on blue chip company, have a lot of cash, have been making money for the last five years, crossing COVID and become stronger. Mm -hmm. We cannot, we don't have the crystal ball, but that's the only thing we have to probably on our side, mm -hmm. just like real estate. Focus on a good area. We all know the fundamental is going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Short term, who knows? Right. So that's why we want to make sure the cash flow is okay. Right. Real estate. No, and the stock option, we want to make sure the stocks are great. So if it goes down, we know it's going to come back because the company is doing well. In the long term, the, the stock price follow the fundamental. But in the short term, there's a lot of fear and greed. You fear, you, you're having that fear. And we, ha we happen it right on Friday. Thanksgiving <laughs> time. People are dumping everything for no reason because of a, another variant. But mm -hmm. seriously, we already went through so many variants. What mm -hmm. is the difference? But mm -hmm. because one people dump, someone is like, oh, Crash is coming. Mm -hmm. And other people don't. Oh, 
now I'm scared. Now I should die, right? So, you know, there's a lot of those games and you need to have those systems going in, right? And that was scary um, when you're starting out and how do you really disengage yourself from the emotion. And that's the first four months I was losing money because I was emotion. Mm-hmm. After that, I'm just like, okay, that's part of the system. We know we're going to take profit. We know we're going to take loss. I know the probability works out that if I win 60, 70% of the time, every time I win, I win bigger. Mm-hmm. When I lose, I lose smaller. Mm-hmm. It works. I have right. to trust in it. And I follow it. Right. But it's so against human. Right. right? So so against human nature. Mm-hmm. And that was the hardest part. And that's why we have that conversation of you know, why, why I can push down emotions so much. Mm-hmm. Part of that was it. And part of the emo- engineering degree was it because we always talk numbers. Like, right. Numbers don't lie. Right. I don't care about emotion, but numbers don't lie. Right. I can't say, I feel like this bridge is going to go down. I can't be talking, we're talking numbers, right? right. So we're all very like emotion, like very rational thinking, but then that's why we push a lot of emotional down until it hit me. I'm like, it's too much. I'm so human. Yeah, yes, right? <laughs> I know. We are not machines. We all have emotion and we do need to learn to handle them. And some are more emotional than others. Um, I do have a thing. Like for myself, I tend to live on the extremes. And I think a lot of people do that. You're all this way or you're all that way. Or when you make a decision, you think it has to go all the opposite way. Mm -hmm. And in my time, I've learned that the middle ground is the actually the more balanced where you should live. That's Mm -hmm. where your anxiety doesn't live there. Um, Stress doesn't live there. It's more balanced, right? And so when you do make a decision, it doesn't have to be all or nothing, right? Exactly. And I actually reflect that in my day trading and trading right now. When I was day trading, every time I enter a position, I enter it in an even position. So if I need to take a loss and I still have a little bit of faith, I can take half the loss. Right. If I take a profit, I take half the profit. Right. So mentally, I'm like, I already take some off the table. I can let it ride more. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the same in life. Right. <laughs> like, why does it going to be all or nothing? Yeah. I love that. If, if you're afraid of the market, stock market crash, why don't you sell half of it? Right. Keep another half. Right. If it crashed, great. If it not, okay, I don't miss all, most of it. Right. I don't miss all half of it. Real estate, same thing. If you think it's a high point, mm-hmm. sell some of it. Nothing wrong with holding cash or doing other stuff to, mm-hmm. to generate money, but don't have to sell everything and panic. This is right. it. Because you're gonna, probably going to regret it down the road, right? Right. Because that's, that's your brain playing. Yes, it's a record high. It's always been record high. Real estate has been record high since 1920. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at that, like, every day is a record high, right? So, Well, and this is like, we're having this conversation. I just said, you know, find the middle ground. And you're talking about trading a stock. I would have never, and by the way, I'm, like I'm in that space too. So I don't talk about it very much because my life really revolves around real estate, but I also trade. And so like in that, just that, I just learned a mass. I just got a massive nugget there. So thank you, Cody. Yeah. Because I, and again, when I'm opting out, when I'm closing down, I, I'm going to close down everything yeah. because that's my system. And like, I just, wow, you just blew my mind. Yeah. I need yeah, to always that. enter in an oh, even position. I know. That will help you because you're always so even. Mm-hmm. Even if you take stop loss, I still have half in it. Right. I just never you don't feel as bad, right? Yeah. If you take profit, I still have half in it so I don't miss out. And, you know, that's the psychology behind it because you know you should get out. So if you get out some, then you kind of tone down yeah, again. you tone down. You're you tone down that, again. Yeah, you tone down that emotional, that, that the anxiety that I got to get out, I got to get out. So, yeah. yeah, that totally makes sense. So that's one way to control emotion. That's beautiful. I love that technique. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but I really think when it comes to trading, you really do need to, like you said, put systems in place. Yeah. 
And I think that for any business, fundamentally what we do in anything, whether it's how we deal with personal relationships, business relationships, deal with our business. I mean, in my house, I have systems on how I do things in my house, how I manage my garbage, how I manage my laundry and all of that stuff. Like that is all I do it the same way every time. Yeah. And I don't miss a step because it's systematized. Yes. And so I think um, doing that in your business really reduces the risk that you're going to take because yeah. you're taking out the discretionary emotional decisions yeah. that you're going to be taking if you don't have a system, right? Building the system, documented. But again, it's a little bit harder in the personal life. You probably don't understand what I mean. Like in the same house, you try to, like, we're, 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 we are, we wouldn't say we're control freaks, but we are efficiency freaks. So we want everything doing that way. But I learned that very early on is that I can't bring this to the family and back home because I'm going to drive people nuts. I drive myself nuts. So you kind of know that. But business-wise, yes, we talk numbers, bottom line, top line. And I totally agree with that. But just personal life, I know we're going to get that balance. And make well, sure. I think that's what I was going to say. you got to go in the balance because I know I'm very extreme. Like I fold my I fold my my towels a certain way even i know it's crazy so um but you do have to balance that and i think just finding that balance in life in general is really what is going to make you more efficient at anything you do and more more um, logical more rational when you are making decisions right yeah. um, managing your mental health really because yeah. if you're trading you really need to have good systems in place have that emotion in check because otherwise you're going to be stressed out all the time like it's a space where a lot of people burn out so yeah. you really have to be careful right and i want to add on to that very important point is not everyone's the same but i learned from early on is i treat myself as top performing athletes I eat that way. I sleep that way. So that's why as soon as people mm. go and party, I am that boring 31-year-old going to bed at 10.30. But I don't care. Mm -hmm. It's fine because the next day when everyone looks hangover, I'm the one that's so present. I mm -hmm. got away so much. And I know what I want, right? So you got to have that kind of discipline too. You don't have to go with the crowd. And it's okay. Mm -hmm. People respect that too. People laugh at me at first, but at the end, I become that guy that's most present. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Coming back to the top performer, the reason why you have to treat yourself like an athlete is if you want to be, make good decision, either in business or in trading or just just everyday life, you, you being able to be that leader to put out fire, you can't be at the state where you're very emotional. And guess what? If your body is not, you're not treating your body right, you're not sleeping well, eating well, working out well, keep you in good shape, guess what? affect your emotion a lot mm -hmm. and when your emotion get affected you can make bad decision and it goes into downhill snowball so that's why i could keep my emotions so push it so much down is because i've always have the mental capacity and mental will to do that and that's right. i guess that's how i push it down so much because i never feel it it's because my my body has the power to push it right? and this is where you say you can probably identify with that too right danielle Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, but not on the control side. Uh, I'm like with the masses where I, I struggle. And I'll tell you, I realized how important sleep is. Oh, yeah. Big time. Sleep is so important to your mental health. But it is a trifecta. Your diet, your exercise, your sleep. If you nail those three, yeah. you can legit conquer the world. Like yeah. uh, You can conquer the world. So I'm also aware of that. And that's something that I've been working on. By the way, last night, we're in Montreal, guys. <laughs> and I was one of the few 
that came home at 1030. So nice. um, I did. Nice. I know. I know. And so, you know what, but you can balance your life just because you're not going to party. We went for dinner. We, you know, had a few drinks at the restaurant mm. and you still get that social, but you don't, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Yeah. Right. Totally agree. There you we go. Balance it out. That's yeah. what I'm saying. You can balance it out. So still got to hang out with our friends. Still got to mastermind with everybody. Got that social time in. And you know what? We woke up and we're still here. By the way, it's the end of the day. Everybody's gone home and here we are still working. <laughs> Not really. Well, we're staying two more days at least for me. Right? We're gonna me go, too. Yep. Go me watch too. NHL and all that. And I think that's where it was more social coming in. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Lifestyle by design, right? Yes. That's And then, you know, I was, I think we mentioned that earlier is, you know, being able to have this kind of lifestyle doesn't come easy, but, you know, if you can bring results mm-hmm. and you're not measured based on time, really you're designing your own life. And when you control your own financials, you can, you have the responsibility and you, you take ownership, then you can really design the way you want to live. And that's right. you will get there before you realize that. And that's, it went really fast for me. And you're saying, by the way, you're saying, you know, living this lifestyle, it doesn't come easy. And you're absolutely right about that. What I'm going to say is this, and maybe you can confirm for me how it's been for you, but it's not easy in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But as you continue, and if you don't give up, which by the way is the only way to fail, mm-hmm. if you continue and you just push through those hard moments, you're going to have breakthroughs. And every time it gets easier and easier and easier. And so you will evolve. That's part of the evolution. Mm-hmm. So the transition from where you are today yeah. to where you're going to be in five years from now or 10 years from now, that first transition, because it's more dramatic in the beginning yeah. and there's a huge learning curve, I think is what makes it really hard yeah. because you're going into a space you don't know. Yeah. But once you learn what you need to learn, then you start applying it. I think that's, a, that's where the game changes a little bit. So yeah. Um, and essentially, that's what you did twice. You became an engineer, went through that learning curve, and yeah. then threw out that book. And yeah. then, oh, that's another thing. Would you say like, was it hard to like throw that book out because you you became so like you had invested so much time and energy and even money in your education? Mm-hmm. So I think maybe you can. The last thing we can say is with people that have educated themselves and they've committed. How do you let all that go? And that's a very good question. And I think I think I, I I want to believe most of my classmates in the engineering school really likes engineer, but um, there's some people who reach out to me and say they want to learn more about real estate and all of that. But most of them are kind of I'm not sure what's going on in their head. Maybe they want to learn. Maybe they're on the sideline. Maybe they'll reach out eventually. But I think there's a part a big part where they're like, "Probably I went through so much. Mm-hmm. Now I'm finally made it." Mm-hmm. I'm not going to throw all this and go take risks. Mm-hmm. And then guess what? I was actually chatting with the upper management at Honda and said, you guys figure it all out, right? You guys give us a lot of job, pay up a lot of overtime. You know, we're stuck and you were waiting for us to form a family, have kids. And we're really stuck. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and you know what? They were smiling at me. They were like, oh, you got it. Oh my God. Seriously, and this is all, this is why, right? So when you move to the management, they stop paying you overtime. Right. But you work more, but now you're stuck. 
Right. Because most people move into because you have in responsibilities. Yeah, and you have re- responsibilities at home, yeah. so you're too fearful to like. Yeah, step they're away. like, yeah. we can't move because they're gonna move two kids. They're gonna change the school, mm-hmm. and then you're like, okay, forget about. It. Right. And then guess what? That's thirty years, right? So at some point, wow, you're gonna have a big bump. You're gonna have a big drop, but guess what? If you go through it, like you said, never give up. I, not everyone's like us. I just want to give a disclaimer. That is true. Yeah. Not everyone's like us. We're kind of crazy in our that way. Just so you know, crazy. <laughs> just in case you don't know, we are kind of crazy in our own way. That's that's why we get to where we are. But if you're that type of people, we want to give it a try. Start doing it as a second job. See if this is what you're made of, right? And you're gonna go through that phase, and then you. And ultimately, like if you're going to do trading, if you're going to do real estate, like if you're going to do anything as a second job or a side hustle, and I don't suggest you call it a side hustle because then that mentality, yeah. no, people say it, they say, oh, that's my side hustle, but you never, be, you never commit to a side hustle. It only yeah. ever is a side hustle, right? Mm-hmm. So don't call it that, but a new career, you're exploring a new career. Um, it's got to be, don't chase the money. It's got to be something that you're passionate about, that you enjoy, that you have an interest in, a genuine interest in, because then the learning is made easy, right? Mm -hmm. So, well, Cody, Cody, yay, say yay. Say yay. I love that, by the way, say yay. Um, So yeah, that's his tagline. Guys, I am going to wrap up for today. Thank you for jumping on and listening to my show. Again, I appreciate your commitment, your dedication. I hope you found today valuable with Cody. If you want to connect with Cody, his bio is on the website, letsgetrealestatepodcast.com. Just uh, look for Cody in the bios and you'll find him there. All sorts of stuff, his courses, everything is all listed there for you. And uh, yeah, geez, Cody, like just phenomenal thank you today for this conversation i think you're going to resonate a lot with some people with a lot of people that are listening um who have that fear right of 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 taking the dive and um and maybe they're already in it they're doing it and maybe they're doubting what they're doing but seeing you i hope can inspire them so just hang in there guys you know grind through it and uh, the payoff the payoff is real so and then yeah if someone listened to this and you know need a little bit of a encouragement and all that i've probably been through most of it so <laughs> i can share all the laugh and all the tears right so don't forget to reach out and say cody i listened to that podcast whatever question you have i'll try my best to answer it and you know what he's a great resource he's a great listener and he has a ton of information so if you guys want to learn about trading if you want to learn about his courses um anything like that guys just check out the website he's there and i just want to say thank you for jumping on on behalf of me, my team, and Cody, thanks for being here. This is Danielle Chason for the Let's Get Real Estate podcast, where real people are doing real estate. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast, and congratulations on improving your education real estate. Please leave a review only if you felt we provided value, as it would really help us if you would leave a five-star review so that we can help reach a broader audience. And don't forget to comment what you enjoyed and tell us what you are looking to learn more about. As always, thanks for your support, and we'll see you on the next episode.